We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the show about the show, the show within the show. The Permission Granted Podcast. And you can always check out this pod by going to the normal DA show podcast feed and finding the PGP or its own podcast feed. Permission Granted. Either one. Find us on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. That helps other people find it. And we appreciate your patronage and your loyalty to the PGP and the DA show in general. Remember that the DA show has full episodes available every day that you may have missed or want to hear again. Or the very best of a one-hour-plus bite-sized version of the DA show edited for your listening pleasure every single day. Now... This week, Monday, Tuesday, Pete's been off, and that means Connor's been in. And so, Mraz, I think it's it's a good time to take stock of young up-and-comer Connor Green. Side B, sounds like you're going to be featuring Connor on the side B, huh? Yeah, Connor, look, he's been grinding out a lot of good shifts for us. I think we have to check in and chat with him. And we discussed last week wanting to have him on after basically his 48 to 72-hour stay in a hotel courtesy of the company during a snowstorm. So I kind of feel like we need to lean on that and see the adventures of Connor Green in Manhattan as a young man in a snowstorm. Yeah, I like that idea. And without Pete in the first two days of this week, and he'll be out all week, it's given us a couple of interesting moments. Number one, today there was a signature DA show move of a two-minute final segment. Uh. We pushed late in hour number three, that second break, because we were talking about all the stuff that you ate for Super Bowl, and that left me only two minutes or so to talk about Kevin Garnett and his thoughts on players (laughs) from 20 years ago. When I do that, Pete has steam coming out of his ears, but it allowed... But when allowed, I've, I've got the freedom under Connor to just go loosey-goosey. So that today happened, but that would not have been okay under Pete's guidance. It, it certainly would not have been. So I'm sure the sheriff is ready to come back into town next week and get us right on the bright break schedule. And it, it is of note because, remember, we had, I want to say it was two weeks ago, a caller trashed you or trashed us as the show 
for coming back for only two minutes or one minute when Pete was in and then breaking again. And that only fluffed up Pete's argument that we can't be doing this. So it is funny that we did have somebody kind of bash us for that. And we still, if Pete is not here, ignore it and just roll with the punches if a good segment's going. Yeah, I'm blowing through yield signs, but the best part about Connor is he doesn't even give me yield signs. He just no. lets me do whatever I want. So. No, I, so much so that I want to say it might have been last week when Pete was out those two days during the snowstorm. I distinctly remember a segment, and I remember looking at the clock going, I think I even have to say break here because I think that there's a chance <laughs> we're actually not going to have enough time to even sh- you know go with it in the next break. So, yes, Connor, Connor doesn't even put up the stop sign at all. I think that's just trust out of Connor that he knows eventually we will break and it will all be okay. Yeah, and that's how he's wired. And I, I bring up another example. On Monday, I didn't do a Home Depot read in hour number one. It was a 620 Eastern read. Mm-hmm. I had blown through that. We get to 920. And I go, Connor, I think I forgot that Home Depot read. He goes, yeah, you mean in the 6 o'clock? I go, yep. I probably need to get that in. Connor would have allowed me to go the entire show and just not do it. (laughs) And if you listen to Monday's show, then you heard me get it in before the buzzer as we went out in the final segment. I mean, that was a 620 read. So it's kind of great. I feel like I'm on vacation when Connor is is running the board. He's just got such a it's going to be fine attitude that it makes me feel like everything's just going to be fine, where Pete has the attitude, it's going to be a disaster, which makes me feel like it's going to be a disaster. So I agree with you, but therein lies, I think, an underlying question, DA, and that is, do we have to find more middle ground between the two, even with Connor? Do I need the structure of of Pete's authoritarianism? But not not as harsh a structure, where it feels like we're panicked and we're more anxiety-ridden, but I would say more... Look, let's face it, we talked about the DA show coaching tree and the lineage a lot on Tuesday's show, <laughs> and I have to wonder for all of the you know the hot air we've pumped up with Connor and his future in the business, are we actually hurting Connor's future by basically allowing him to nonchalantly have no structure when it comes to breaks or letting reads get in right before the end of the show? Because <laughs> if Connor long-term doesn't end up working on this show and works on another show, I wonder if we are actually hurting his ability to be the best he can be by not now showing him some structure at all. You're saying that perhaps we've we've taught him some bad habits. Yes, and he is somebody who doesn't need any bad habits. And again, we love the nonchalant part of it, but is it our job as he him being the young guy in the business to not allow him to fall into the bad habits and, and basically not us have us applaud his bad habits? Okay, so maybe we should a little bit more tough love, like, hey, Connor, I missed this read. You got to remind me of this, or yeah, you know, hey, Connor, if I'm late to break, you got to you got to be on my butt, something like that. Yes, but at the same time, we don't want to push it to the point where he's Pete, where we all have to have basically our chests hurt and everything feel tight, like we did something terribly wrong. There has to be a way to balance middle ground here and not let it be one or the other when Pete is out. It's just going to be hard to get Connor to you know, crack the whip because he's just not that type of guy. He's just, he's friendly and cordial and easygoing and nothing bothers him. No, he doesn't have to crack the whip and nothing has to bother him. But I think if we get to 47 after and we realize we're going to have a minute 30 back, it doesn't hurt Connor (laughs) just to get in our ears and go, hey guys, just watch the clock. I 
don't think that's cracking the whip, and I don't think that's being mean. It's just acknowledging that we should, in fact, break at some point. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's fair. Okay, so maybe we got to teach Connor to be a little bit more mean. Uh, number two, without Pete in, we had Connor break down the Super Bowl commercials oh, on Monday. The best. The best. And we've now got a new segment in open for him called The Green Party. It's a green party. And I thought it came out good, and I'll give you a little behind the scenes in, in doing this. I wanted it to feel kind of loosey-goosey like, like Connor. He's got a happy, upbeat attitude. And, you know, it just everything that he always says always makes us laugh. So I wanted it to kind of be like if Connor was throwing a party, we would want to go over to the party, and he's kind of host of the party. Hmm. And, you know, throw your feet up on the ottoman and let's eat some pizza. Like, let's eat all eight slices. I wanted that to be the imagery. And so I, I picked out some party music. And it was very funny because there is a bank of music that we can use licensed-wise at Intercom. And so I'm, I'm sifting through this music the other night. and It's like 90s, you know, pop music. And it's like fake Blake 182 and like fake No Doubt and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is perfect Connor music. And you might not have caught it because we've only played it once. But if we play it again tomorrow or one of the other days Connor's in, Take a listen, because it is exactly the, the sound of what you might imagine a Connor-hosted party would be playing, <laughs> which I would like to call a green party. It, I, am, I love the music, first of all. I found it interesting you went green party, because I was totally waiting for you simply calling it the greenhouse, or the greenhouse effect. Mm. You kind of went a little different there than I thought you were going. I thought you were going an obvious route, and the green party I still liked, but I gotta be honest, I didn't think... You with the catchy headlines. I didn't think that's where you were going. I thought it would be called the Greenhouse or something like that. Well, have you heard of the Green Party, the political party? You're right. I didn't even put two and two together. Yes. Okay. So that was the play off of it. And But it's more like that. Don't you feel like every time we put Connor on the air, it feels like it's like a fun kind of party type thing? There is. Oh, I don't want to say the wrong word and end up near the buffoon. I want to call it palpable. palpable. There is palpable excitement and anticipation when you yeah. know something is coming up, whether it's trash Tuesday and you go down the lineup and you know, Connor is coming up. There is, there is now that anticipation building, you know, it's kind of like when Zion came to Duke and you were just, you were waiting to see him dunk. It, that's kind of like what you're waiting for <laughs> that builds. If you know, and you've teased a Connor green segments coming up, how is he going to provide now? It's like what the crowd comes to see. Which is why I felt like the party aspect kind of goes with with Connor. So that was very good. We'll do maybe another Green Party segment coming up here on the show sometime this week. i got to think of what we might be able to do. But it's interesting. You got called out on Twitter, and I got called out on Twitter on Trash Tuesday. Uh, I got called out for not plowing my own driveway, I think. Actually, I forget. Was that it? Well, your, your wife called you out for bashing the plow driver. Yeah. That was for one. And then another listener bashed me for something else. You got bashed because you would not say Pete's name in your trash. But then you said you don't want to be specific about this. It was just anybody that would take off yeah. on the Monday after the Super Bowl. And let's be honest. I mean, let's face it. You could make the case it could be some kind of violation if you name names and tell them they shouldn't take off when they have a certain amount of days to take off and the company can't tell them to take off. So I don't want to go down the road of that. But I think that... 
a wink, wink, nod, nod doesn't necessarily need to be acknowledged by a listener on Twitter. You can understand where we're going with it and with good reason. So you're worried about getting into trouble with the bosses? Maybe. I mean, define bosses. Are immediate bosses who probably feel the same way as us? No. But more of if we ever push the envelope too much and whoever you bash for taking off went off the rails a little bit and went to real higher-ups, high higher-ups, uh, and then, yeah, could have probably a legal case against me. I don't want anything legally being binded <laughs> against me. Okay. You think Pete listens to this PGP? Not zero shot. I don't think Pete's listened to a PGP in about fifteen of them at least. <laughs> do you think he listened to Tuesday's show? No, but I do think from afar he would probably scan our show's G chat. And Kaplan sent us a graphic of <laughs> of of beat Pilates, and I'm sure that's either going to prompt a text from Pete, although he's kind of frosty on actually talking to me right now, or it's going to lead him to go listen to the podcast and see what was discussed about him. Would be my guess. The best part is that Cap now just whips up memes and Photoshop graphics that's not even used for the show. He no. just does them for our personal enjoyment and laughter. Because I made a joke about the alter ego of Pete Bellotti being beat Pilati. <laughs> and <laughs> Cap did a, <laughs> a graphic where it's beat Pilati. It's like Pete, but he's got a Wario mustache and he <laughs> looks like an evil version of Pete. So I don't think that's going to be used for anybody or anything. And it's Pete that... also eating Cool Whip. Like. <laughs> <laughs> And the best part about this is, too, I've noticed this with Cap. He makes graphics for him that the public will never see, which is really the shame of it. Where is Cap digging for these pictures? Like, his Facebook digging must be insane because he's pulled up a couple of mine. I'm like, where did you even get that? It's Pete's face smiling, eating Cool Whip <laughs> in a, a black Mets jersey. And it, he has a long beard and then this kind of, like, evil Raleigh Fingers mustache. And it just says, beat Pilates. That's unbelievable. He also did a graphic today, again, just for our G-chat purposes, I think, of when I made the joke that Taylor, by March Madness, is going to be like R2-D2 on Jabba the Hutt's bar just serving beers <laughs> off of her head. He did a meme of USC-3PO and Taylor with a case of Miller Lite at Star Wars Cantina. <laughs> It's unbelievable <laughs> editing. It is. And again, I don't even know if these things are going to become public. I think Cap just whips these up to make us laugh during the show. <laughs> That's the genius of it, which shows how good he's got in his job that he has the time to do that just to make us laugh. Know, not even for anybody. So DJ Tommy D finally got in. Oh. He has been a guy that has visited your dad's food town supermarket for years and got hooked on the show because your dad plays the show at the supermarket. He has never been allowed over to your home, and he's always been kept at kind of an arm's length. He says he's called in for many, many weeks, maybe months, and Pete never picks up his phone call. I don't know if I believe that. I think that Pete actively tries to not put the phone calls up, but I, I think he answers them. I think he just doesn't tell us about them if he thinks that the callers stink. Well, I think twofold i think originally when we had a run of not having any callers at all and we finally had to call pete on it my guess is that this really did happen with ej tommy d and then we kind of made a wink wink joke joke and now pete's answered a bunch of calls about it since 
But there is some background here because DJ Tommy D was tweeting and tagging Pete when that first happened about not answering his phone calls and this, that, the other thing, where Pete did acknowledge, okay, I need to be better at answering phones. But Pete came to me, and I think he might have mentioned the show, he wasn't happy with DJ Tommy D tagging, like, at CBS Sports Radio, Pete's handle, as if any boss was actually going to see that. He wasn't happy because he said, quote, he's coming after my pockets. I think he (laughs) thought that DJ Tommy D was going to get Pete in actual trouble with actual people. And my guess, if I had to say one, is I wonder if either uh, A, Pete has flagged DJ Tommy D's number where it comes up and he knows, you know what, screw this guy now, I'm not answering because I don't want to get in any trouble with him. Or B, if he just memorized his number on the thing and he will answer all these calls and he'll put up enough to divert us away but actually won't answer DJ Tommy D's call. Mm. Maybe he resents DJ Tommy D for for tagging CBS Sports Radio in his tweets. (laughs) So he's not going to give him the time of day. Let me, so let DJ me Tommy you, D finally uh, gets on the air today because Connor is in and answers his phone, uh-huh. phone call. And he was very good. He had good content about your dad. He had good content about your family. He had good content about your Super Bowl leading. I thought if, if he was going to have one shot to redeem his reputation, as you've called him the nemesis of the family, I thought today he did that. Uh, I agree, though. I will say it's a very that was a very polarizing phone call. Oh, I would say internally, let's call it the Bob's Bar locals uh-huh. have really reined in. I can tell you post show DA since Tuesday show, my father has already texted me oh. saying, "Great, now I heard that call. DJ Tommy D will be in all morning harassing me." Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother has followed up with another text saying. Why? Why are you giving this stalker his 15 minutes? <laughs> and Foxy has both tweeted and texted saying, I know I've made a fool of myself with phone calls, but I need to challenge this Tommy D to a duel at some point. Bash anybody you want, but I will not stand for the slander of Bob the Deli Man. It's an atrocity. So, I mean, this is the phone calls at the time we're taping this less than an hour old, and it is sent shockwaves through people and boy this dj tommy d you talk he, he must be like the bane in batman returns people really really or dark knight rises have, have had a problem with this phone call well what type of slander he just said that you did peloton one day last week which we all knew because you posted about it and yep. that he brought mcdonald's over for that and wow. he said that well he called him an enabler he did call him an enabler Although it's hard to argue if he brought you McDonald's after Peloton. Yeah, but he okay. Well, that's two different things. He brought McDonald's in general, not knowing I was there doing Peloton. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought I thought he brought it because you had just like spent the day working out no. and you were exhausted. He didn't even know I was going by my sister's house. The Peloton was at my sister's house. He showed up to see my sister's puppy and brought McDonald's just to give himself lunch at my sister's house. Why he had to make himself that comfortable, I don't know. And when I did the Peloton, he didn't know I was there, and I got off the Peloton. He proceeded to offer me an extra burger, in which case that would be enabling and against what I just did. <laughs> but it wasn't like I, he knew I was doing this Peloton, and he showed up at bags of McDonald's because he wanted to reward me for doing the Peloton. That, that does need to be cleared up a little bit. <laughs> What is Bob the Deli Man's McDonald's order? Bob the Deli Man is a big-time over-order. So he will easily go Big Mac, large fry, large Coke, two cheeseburgers, and a 10-piece nugget. Wow. It's piggish. Now, he doesn't always finish everything, and then it'll sit in the fridge for like six days. If you went to my parents' house today, I guarantee 
you will find either some kind of McDonald's wrapped product that is less than a week old or like a tin of leftover Chinese food steamed dumplings. <laughs> My father orders food to go as if he's food shopping for the week just because he wants <laughs> snacks for when he gets home from work. That's awesome. I am always a supporter of the Big Mac order. That's my go-to order at McDonald's. I just love a Big Mac, large fry, Coke. Uh, it's just yeah. such a classic American meal. So I, I can totally get on board with that. I think we've had this conversation before, too. It just amazes me that people of like our father's generations, they could just pound some McDonald's, some soda, some stuff like that. They never truly get that fat like any mm. of us would be for pounding mm -hmm. the same amount of food. And yet they just they live like can't live without. It's so bizarre to me. It doesn't make any sense because my dad is not that big a man. It doesn't no. make any sense. No, no, your your dad's in fine shape. So it is interesting. Yeah, like Larry Amendo will every so often just stop off and get like three hamburgers. He likes just plain hamburgers. Maybe he likes <laughs> the cheeseburgers, but he doesn't like the. He doesn't want to do anything crazy. He just wants the hamburgers. He really <laughs> likes the bun. That is Loves so funny and so blessed. <laughs> right, but if I make a commitment to a McDonald's or something like that, like I know I'm making a commitment that's going to affect me for the next three weeks. They're like, ah, what the heck? By the way, our math is, is all over the place. I guess I got my math wrong about your caloric intake because Lonnie tweets, DA, oh boy, your math doesn't add up. 8,500, double that, and you're at 1,500 calories. That's as bad as when Mraz said in 80 years we'll see the year 3,000 trash you. Now, here's the thing. I might have been wrong when I said 8,500 calories twice over, but he's wrong, too. It's 1,700 calories. <laughs> he said 1,500 calories. So I forget what I said, but maybe my math was off there. But math is definitely not the strong suit on the DA show. It's definitely not, and this is reminiscent of you misgrading the SAT. And and to be frank, I don't like hearing the caloric intake. I know that it's good and everybody has to have a good kick out of it. But this reminds me of at least the New York State where they started putting the calories on the menu items. And it really it really is disheartening. So I would rather have just done the damage I had to do and let everybody else have their calorie conversation. I won't focus on that part. I'll focus on being better, not bitter. That's a good one. I, You know, today Ben Volan joined us, Boston Globe NFL writer, and he said, D.A., are you okay with, like, after the NFL Ends. Are you okay with no football? And I was actually thinking about this last night as I was getting prepared for the show and writing the, the show sheet. I'm like, wow, there's no games anymore. And I'm like, this used to really affect me. I used to really be bummed out. And now I'm not. And maybe it's because the other day we had, who was it that we had that said it's going to be the, the greatest? Oh, Tyler Dunn, NFL writer, said it's going to be the craziest offseason of our lifetimes. And I don't know if it's going to be the craziest, but... His point was there's going to be so much player movement that we won't be able to stop talking about the NFL. And that's how I kind of feel. I don't know why, but I just feel like I'm not worried about no football games right now. Are you? Uh, I'm not, and I think that's twofold. I do think there's a part of my mental element, DA, where I was invested in spring football each of the last two years and seeing how it basically either abruptly ended or ended up failing or breaking my heart that I'm okay with not having to watch football here. I'm sure in a couple of weeks I'll get the itch that I really wish I was watching football, but I, I don't know. I, I think maybe it's partially, too, because we went through four months of no sports alone. That I think that's it. We had the mad rush, too, remember, of like everything at once in September and October, and I and in many ways I kind of also got used to it's okay to break away from sports for a little bit. I think there's a lot of combinations here where I'm with you. I'm okay to take a, at least a couple weekends here before I'm going to complain there's no football. 
you know, I guess I might have gotten depressed, maybe because, of course, there's no football, but also that there was a worry that, uh oh, was the show, what does the show focus on now? And right. without any sports, I think going through the pandemic will always remind me it doesn't matter if we have games. We always had a good show. Yeah. And if there is basketball being played, if there's hockey being played, if there's baseball around the corner, we really don't have to worry. I mean, if we did four months based on sports movies and old games that happened 12 years ago, we can definitely get through days and weeks and months oh. where there are games being played, so I'm not worried about it. I completely agree, and that's the thing. It, it, I mean, look, barring anything terrible happening, it, it appears like we are in a spot now where football ends. We're not going to have to worry about not like sports in some leagues are going to find a way to play uh, in any way, shape or form. Forget the major sports. We did a lot of escalation. We're already into the Daytona 500 this weekend. Not even a, not even gaps between that. So there is plenty of stuff to have fun with. I am totally with you. I look, there's plenty of movies. We can talk about plenty of everyday things. We can talk about while still having sports as the backdrop, the pandemic in many ways changed the show, changed sports radio forever where the the panic of post football season that used to exist, I think, both from a fan point of view and both from a you know a sports radio point of view, just simply should not exist anymore. It should just be all right. That was a good fo fun football season. We'll just keep at it. We'll continue doing what we got to do. Yeah, I'm not worried. I'm really not. We're going to have a lot of NFL offseason news. We've got games being played. It'll never be as rough as it was last year for four months no sports. So we're ready to roll. I'm very excited about side B here. I always enjoy hearing Bogues, but getting a Connor Green spot is going to be exciting. So I think you got to start with, you know, just life in a hotel, first and foremost, and what that was like. We're going to say three days of the Green Party existing in a Manhattan hotel definitely is where we will begin here and see where the, the road takes us from side B. <laughs> All right, that is side A. Here comes side B. Welcome into Side B, the PGP. It is Mraz, host of Side B, executive producer extraordinaire, the DA show, the whole kitchen cabinet. How about that? No Andrew Bogus today. Instead, as you just heard on Side A, we divert a little bit. The Green Party is here. It's Connor Green, who's putting a lot of work in on the DA show. Connie, welcome aboard. What's going on, Sean? How you doing? I, I am doing great. So let's start where DA just teased to start. And that would be snowstorm, major snowstorm, which these snowstorms keep to just not ending here, at least in the New York City metro area. You step up to the plate. You are given a hotel. Pete the body Bilotti, after being out on Monday for the Royal Rumble as a grown man taking off, you step in and you're going to stay to do Tuesday show because Pete declined a hotel and instead would just take a vacation day to not come into the snow. So. You're offered a hotel, when would you say, on Sunday when you're getting ready for Monday's show? Yeah, it was when I was doing Sunday morning football. Caitlin reached out to me and said we might have a lot of snow tonight, so you might want to reach out and try to book a hotel room and then stay over because you're probably not going to be getting into the city. So, yeah, Sunday morning. Okay, so Sunday morning. Now, did you have time post-Sunday morning football to go home, like pack a suitcase, something like that? So my shift that day ends at 6, so I ran home on the train, then packed stuff up, and then came back into the city afterwards. Because I honestly never checked the weather, so I had no idea it was even ah. supposed to snow, had nothing with me, so I had to go back home and then rush back into the city to go to the hotel. 
Okay, so before we get into the hotel stay, that's an interesting thing you bring up because DA often makes a joke that I'm like the weather guy because I am all on top of always checking the weather for the most part. Do you had you checked the weather ahead of time? Now again, you didn't find out about the hotel until you're already at work. Would you have pre-brought in stuff thinking there was a chance for that? Or B, if you wouldn't have, will that be something you consider going forward in, in your radio life? If I knew it was going to snow, I definitely would have brought in stuff. Because the last time I stayed at a hotel, I did work the day before and I brought some clothes with me. Because it's a real pain to go back and forth. But I'm just one of those people that never, ever knows what the weather's going to be. I remember over the summer, I had to work during like a hurricane. It was like a level one hurricane, like not a big one. I didn't even really know there was a hurricane or I thought maybe it was going to hit later in the day. And I got into work. I did your guy's show, actually. And then on the way home, I was like, I probably won't need an umbrella. I think I can make it home in time. And I got poured on so bad on the way home. Like, I was like in, it was almost like I was in the shower getting rained on. That's how bad it was. So I never checked the weather. But if I would have checked beforehand, I definitely would have brought stuff in. Okay. All right. So you you get in. Yeah, back into the city Sunday night. Now, the snowstorm, it, it doesn't begin yet at the time you check into the hotel, right? What are you back into the hotel, 9 p.m., something like that? It was like flurries, but nothing too bad at that point. Okay, and is this the night that you go whole pizza? Is it Sunday night? Sunday night was the full pizza night, yep. Okay, so you get. So what time do you go to the pizza place? I didn't go there. I ordered in, so I got back at the hotel probably around 8.15, ordered the pizza around 8.25, 8.30, got there in 15 or 20 minutes, and went to town on that full pizza. Okay, so you eat the whole pizza Sunday night. And one of the things we brought up last week was that the true beauty of you eating the pizza is that you didn't eat it thinking that's something we discussed on the show. It took me actually you know, concern for you staying in the city. You're a young guy. Okay, they give you a hotel. What'd you do for dinner? Making sure you were able to eat and all that. And you just casually mentioned I ate a whole pizza. So you did this for your own enjoyment, which is something that just, I love, first of all, because we've been over my whole Super Bowl spread. I didn't do that for any attention. It's just what I was going (laughs) to do on Super Bowl Sunday. But you do it for your own enjoyment. So this sets the scene. You eat a whole pizza pie. And just to explain to listeners again why you wanted to eat a whole pizza pie. Well, I didn't really have a big rationale going into it. I just love that John's on Bleecker pizza, and I figured I'm by myself. They don't sell, like, personal pies or individual slices, so the only way that I can get the John's on Bleecker pizza was if I ordered a full pie. So I figured, whatever, I, I just order the full pie, and I'll eat however many I can eat. And it wound up being the entire pie. I was really hungry, and that pizza is really, really good. But I didn't have some, like, grand plan before the day to go and eat a full pie of John's on Bleecker pizza. I just love the pizza. I actually got a gift card over the holidays because I love that pizza. My mom bought me a gift card for Christmas, <laughs> used it, got a full pie, and then it just happened to be that I was that well, hungry and that pizza was that good. So did you get to the point where – so a classic New York City pie obviously has eight slices. Did you get to like a six slice and you started to feel full but realized you had made it that far and then you wanted to commit? Or was it one of those like you're eating a seventh piece and you're just like, oh, wow, I got one piece left. I'm still not that full. Like At some point, did you feel this? No, I got to like – I finished the seventh slice and I still really didn't feel that full. And I, it what? got to the point – yeah, it got to the point where I was like – I felt bad that I wasn't full, and I was like, I want the eighth slice, but should I do it? Because it's kind of ridiculous to eat the full pie. And then I said, you know what? No one's here. No one's ever going to find out about this. And then, of course, I told you about it, and then the show knows about it. But I figured, look, I'll just eat the eighth slice. I'm still kind of hungry, and that was it. 
look, I'm a pig. I get it. <laughs> and I made the case on Tuesday's show about like spreading out your eating over eight, nine hours and you don't realize what you've eaten. But if I sat down, th- there's no way I get to a seventh slice and I'm not ready to throw up. The fact you weren't full yet is I feel like that's a cautionary tale. There has to be a bit of an issue. But as it turns out, it's a good thing you did eat it. Now, when you packed on Sunday night, did you anticipate the possibility of staying over Monday night into Tuesday? Because eventually that is what happened because Pete the Body Bilotti bailed. Yeah, once I actually went and looked at the forecast, I figured I was going to be there for two nights because the way that that like the path was already sending out emails about checking for possible cancellations. The, the path being a train system that runs from New Jersey to New York City for those listening who don't know. Right. And so I got like an alert that to be aware for cancellations. I saw the forecast. It was like a 100 percent chance of snow all the way through the next on to, till Tuesday morning. So I kind of figured I would be there the full day on Monday uh, also. Okay. So you were prepared for that. Now you come in Monday, you do the show with us on Monday. Your big highlight you said was watching some random college basketball games Sunday night, smashing the whole pizza. You go to bed, you wake up, you do the DA show. I was told Monday after your shift was over that very busy week, obviously Super Bowl week. That's why we kind of busted peach chops about taking off because it's a very important week. I was told, and I could be wrong about this, that you actually stayed beyond your shift to help others tape interviews from Radio Row on Monday. Is that correct? So that wasn't Monday. That was after Tuesday's show. Okay. So All after right. Monday's show, I went right back to the uh, hotel. Okay. So let's just get this chronologically correct. So Pee Wee's Big Adventure, it's Connor Green's Big <laughs> Adventure, the Green Party in Manhattan. You leave the show. This is a morning time, obviously, show. So let's say you leave by the time you do what you got to do, 11 a.m. Is that fair? Yeah, I had a few rejoins to put together, so it was like around 11 a.m. that I left. Totally fair. That's yeah, it's about expected. An hour after the show before you get out of there. That's basically what we do morning time. 11 a.m., you're off the clock, you're out. Now, you head back to the hotel where you did not have to check out and check back in, correct? You were able to leave your stuff in the room? Yep, left my stuff in and walked right back up to my room. Okay, walked back up to your room. I'm assuming there's a nap involved, I'm guessing. So I was planning on getting food and then taking a nap. That was That's like usually what I'll do if I work the morning show, especially okay. if I'm just filling in for one day. And that's when I had the crazy food situation where I just couldn't get food anywhere. So I had to, like, push my nap till later in the day. Okay. So you get back. You want, you want to try to get food. And obviously, for those who could picture this, you know, basically a foot to 18 inches in Manhattan can really snarl. it. it's tough to plow because cars are still parked on the street because there's not much parking in the city. Uh, I've had to stay at work many a time during a bad blizzard. A couple of times where I've also stayed in a hotel and I could picture the scene, Connor, you're walking out with your boots, you're probably knee high snow. It's it feels like an old man telling a story of how they used to walk to school. So you get back and that's the thing. When you get back to the hotel, there's not really much you could get out and do. I mean, in the past, we've gone to some like local neighborhood bars and stuff that happen to be open, but there's not many places open where there's that much snow. So, you know, basically for your big adventure, you're back to your room, you're frolicking trying to get food that just won't come before you nap. So is it safe to say that between the hours of, let's say, 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Tuesday, you basically ordered food, waited for it, napped, and kept waking up to see when it happened, and that was basically all you did? That was it. It was so boring. And at at first it was kind of cool because I got back there. I was like, oh, it took me like five minutes, not even five minutes, like three minutes, two minutes to get over to the hotel room. I was back of my room. And then I was like, oh, it's really nice. It's really close by. And then I had my nice clean hotel room. I thought it was kind of cool. And then about an hour after that, I was so bored because there was nothing to do. I couldn't, like, play video games. I didn't have, like, Netflix on the TV there. 
couldn't go anywhere, couldn't even go for a walk, and I was just in that little room by myself with nothing to do for basically until 10 p.m. that night. So it was like 12 hours of just sitting there on my phone. And then you get to the point where your phone starts to die, and then I'm, like, having to plug it in and be near the wall because the plug was kind of <laughs> weird there. Nothing to do. I was like, getting stir-crazy by the end of the night. So now none of these following things – I'm just trying to put myself in, a, in the picture of when I've had to stay in snowstorms because Connor Green, young man like this, you didn't think of maybe going to, like, the fitness center in the hotel, maybe, you know, work out for an hour. That wasn't something that crossed your mind. Or even, like I had mentioned, like walk to the the nearest bar and have a couple drinks, something like that. Well, I like, when I do these kind of hotels, I mean, when I do these, I say like I do it all the time. When I've done it the two times, I pack really light because I don't feel like bringing a whole bunch of stuff back in through the train. So I didn't have like a bunch of shorts where I could just like wear, wear one to the, the fitness center and do something. And so I was like, look, if, if I do that, then, like, I only have, like, a couple pairs of shorts. Like, I don't really have a lot of clothes. So if I get something sweaty, then I'm out of luck for, like, the next night. So I just wound up sitting there and staying. And I don't think there was any bar open. I mean, we had, like, the hotel bar, but I went down there to go get food, and that was closed until 6 p.m. And then there was really, like, honestly nothing around the hotel that was open. That's interesting. So the hotel bar is closed until 6. So they were only opening up for dinner time, basically, at 6 p.m., is what you're telling me. That's a bad job figuring there's people in there for a snowstorm, people starving. They don't change the hours. 6 p.m., you had to wait till you could either get a drink or some food? Yeah, and I went to – they give a number in the hotel room where you can call and order food. And I called the number but, like, didn't get a, a dial tone. Like, I don't know if the phone was broken or the place was closed or I had the wrong number or what. <laughs> I didn't know what the problem well, was. And then I walked down there to, like, the person at the front desk, and I said, hey, you know, I'm, a, like, a little bit hungry. Is there any, you know, can I get s- some food from the bar? Like, do you know what the number is? And they were like, oh, they're closed until 6. Oh, and I was like, ridiculous. well. So then that's when I ordered the food at, at first from the place. It didn't get there. I waited, like, two hours, and then I figured it's probably not going to get here ever. So then I went to go find something like a McDonald's or there's a Shake Shack near here. I just went and walked around in the snow which was dangerous because the last time I stayed at the hotel, I, I like lost, got lost on the way to John's on Bleecker and almost like froze to death with the pizza because oh. I had no idea how to get back to the hotel or to John's on Bleecker. So I was like walking around. At least it was daylight this time. But there's nothing open. McDonald's was closed. Shake Shack was closed. Like another pizza place right around here was closed. So there was like nothing to eat. So I like I was forced into just waiting for this delivery. So did you eat any breakfast during the show at work? Like, no. Did you pack any grill? Nothing. So you're telling me so you – it's almost thankful that you ate that whole pizza Sunday night. Yeah, if I hadn't, like, really ate that night, eaten that night, and had that pizza and had all that caloric fuel, I might not have been able to make it through the rest of the day until I was able to get the bar food that night at 6 p.m. So you basically went from a whole pizza pie at 9 p.m. Now, some people would say, well, that should have filled you up till dinner the next time. You were still hungry, obviously, and you were able to wait the whole day until the bar food, and it only opened at 6, so I'm assuming you probably eat till like, 7 o'clock. I didn't eat until I think it was like 8.45. Because so you almost went 24 hours without eating after eating a whole pizza pie, which you didn't even plan on eating a whole pizza pie. That's why the pizza pie, like, it was huge. I maybe overdid it calorie, you know, calorie-wise that night with the pizza, now, but it was huge because it held me over until 8 o'clock the next night. Now, if you could have it back, would you have eaten half the pizza pie and rationed half of it off to keep in your hotel room, even if you didn't have a fridge, to make sure you eat something the next day? No, because that pizza is so good, and I have no fridge. I have no microwave. So I I have to eat that pizza while it's fresh and while it's hot. Interesting. And enjoying that pizza was worth waiting 24 hours to get another meal. 
boy, Connor, I don't know how you did it. So now it's going to leave me. So basically, your big adventure in Manhattan ended up being you walking around almost freezing to death, can't find anywhere to eat, and eating eight slices. And then basically the next day you come in and you help people out and you finally go home. It wasn't exactly like the best Manhattan trip where you're a 20-something-year-old guy hitting up bars and meeting chicks. That ex- no, <laughs> that I really- wasn't getting fine champagne at the hotel room and hanging out with people boy. and going fun places. It was pretty boring. It was pretty boring. So Connor Green's big adventure was that. Okay, then let me ask you this. You heard my Super Bowl spread and how much I ate and drank and all of that, and this was over the course of eight, nine hours. As somebody who ate a whole pizza pie, a whole New York City pizza pie, do you back me in understanding how I could have eaten and drank that much throughout the course of a whole day? I understand how you could have eaten that much. I have no idea how you drank that much. How you did 17 beers, and I know that it was over a course of, what, eight hours? Yeah, I would say eight hours is a fair assumption. It might have been more like nine, but eight is the probably the, you know the way to go with that. Like, okay, so maybe you really you, you spread the beers out all the way through eight hours. Maybe that would work. But then the fact that you had five shots on top of that. Four, but it's four shots. It's like alcoholic chocolate milk. Like when I go out, if I ever have any shots, usually I'm like pretty drunk. Eh, but it's not whiskey. It's it, Bailey's is different. It's an Irish cream. It's a little different. Okay, well then maybe it's fair. But seventeen beers, I mean, that's a lot. Like I can drink. Well, I'm not acting like it's not a lot, but people are acting like it's impossible. <laughs> and that I kind of find that offensive. Like, I, I'm not a drunken mess. And I you mean, know why geez. it might be possible is because you were also eating a lot during that time. Yeah, if you didn't eat, point, then you'd be right? passed out on the floor. Absolutely. I'd eaten so much that it soaked it up, and I didn't really feel it. Now, yeah, by the end of the night, the fourth quarter, especially during the post-game celebration when I basically cranked two more drinks, was I annoyed that Brady had won a Super Bowl and therefore maybe wanted to get a little more buzz? Sure. But it was one of those marathon days. You know, when people say in college you do the kegs and eggs before a college football game or something like that, that's all it was. I wasn't some kind of mess. But hearing that little old you could do a whole pizza pie (laughs) absolutely ties me in. Now, real quick before we let you go, we have the Green Party up here. Obviously, which is kind of a spinoff of Canadian Bacon. If if Canadian Bacon was Cheers, the Green Party was basically Frasier. And you go over the Super Bowl commercials. I, I had told DA that you know maybe some kind of idea of Canadian Bacon with Super Bowl commercials would be perfect for you. He came up with the Green Party. Ends up being great. Knowing that you were going to do this, your watching of the Super Bowl. Now, I'm assuming you watched it at home, right? You weren't back in a hotel in New York City for this, right? I watched it back in my sister's apartment with her and her fiancé. Okay, so it's just three of you for the Super Bowl. So that was a much it, different yep. look. Okay, so three of you for the Super Bowl. Did you watch knowing you had to focus in on the commercials, knowing this was going to be a bit? I was very locked in on the commercials. I had to make sure I didn't go to the bathroom during commercial breaks, in all honesty. I tried to sneak it in maybe during a punt. And I was writing down some of the different commercials that I liked, some of the commercials that were at least a little bit noteworthy, okay. so that I would have something to reference back to. So you really... Uh, you really took this opportunity whenever DA presented to you and really, really owned it and said, I'm going to look forward to this and I can watch the game through this prism. Do you feel like it ruined your Super Bowl watching? Maybe ruins the wrong word, but having to make sure that the commercials were so important because it would lead to a good on-air thing for you. No, because usually I like to focus on the commercials a little bit anyway, so it wasn't too big of a deal to just sit there and make sure I was paying maybe a little bit closer attention than I normally would have. And a lot of the ones that I ended up doing were ones that like I couldn't ignore even if I wanted to, like the one with the big opinion and then the Vince Lombardi with the crazy voice from The Dark Knight Rises with Bane. That one, I just that wasn't even a commercial. That was like a promo for the NFL. But I like looked up from my phone. I was like on Twitter and I was like, what the heck is this? This And Vince Vince Lombardi with this ridiculous voice. And I had to do that one. So I was paying attention, but like it wasn't like I was 100 percent had to be super laser focused the entire time. 
All right, and you're embracing more of this to come if this continues to be a reoccurring theme for you on the DA show. Yeah, I liked it a lot, and it was really cool that I had my little open there. I, uh, I'm i going to have a huge ego now, I think, because I have my own production piece. Whoa. I'm going to have a huge ego now, so everybody has to look, look out. Have you, and be honest, have you emailed or had anybody listen to this open, like your friends, family, hey guys, look what I got going on for me? I haven't, but my dad did hear the show yesterday and texted me and reached out and said, whoa, like you got your own little thing there. And I was like, yeah, how about that? So he's the one guy that does know, but I haven't shared it with anybody else. Because I think the first time I ever heard my name in any kind of production, I like I couldn't wait to email friends and basically pump my chest with the <laughs> kind of person I am. So I was just curious if you went down the same route. All right. Well, I think this has been a very enlightening conversation. I can't believe that a young single man in his 20s basically just sat in his room, ate pizza, and then waited for the next meal for three days without going and getting a drink at a was bar it. or something. But, hey, that's the life of Connor Green <laughs> in ABC being green. Connor, you can follow yourself on Twitter. At Connor underscore Green 51. But like he's a linebacker in the NFL. You can follow <laughs> me on Twitter and Instagram at CBS. Have a great week, everyone. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.